Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, so today I'm here with Justin J. Hi. So were you born in LA or? Yeah, born and raised. Were yeah. your parents born here as well or did they move here? Uh, mom grew up in the valley. My dad grew up in a small farm town in the middle of nowhere oh, in wow, Canada. Oh wow, that's crazy. Yeah. How did they, did they meet here or? Uh, my dad ended up making his way out to LA maybe after after college. Yeah. He went to University of Winnipeg. Oh. <laughs> Pretty dope, pretty dope. And your mom forced you to do piano at a young age, right? It's true, it's true. <laughs> and it's so funny how things have come in full circle and she kind of gets that I told you so moment. Oh my God. Because um, yeah, in the past past couple years, I've slowly but surely been getting back into classical piano just for fun. Oh, and wow. really, really love um, music theory, learning more about Music theory has been so cool and yeah. so interesting to me. Um, yeah, so, and these are things that I was not super hyped on mm -hmm. growing up. So, yeah, it's funny. How many years did you do it? Like, you took lessons? Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I started when I was young, but I was never that disciplined when it came mm -hmm. to practicing. I loved performing, but when it came to just putting in the hours and reading music, those things are kind of a little less fun than just playing playing stuff and yeah. messing around. Um, yeah, and, but it's funny because when I was in middle school, mm -hmm. all my homies started getting into bands. Yeah. And friends who were playing guitar, bass, drums, and I was there with classical piano unsure of how I would squeeze like a Mozart <laughs> yeah. sonata into a, I don't know, a Red Hot Chili Peppers mm -hmm. cover or something like that. Um, and it was right around that time that I found out about what you could do making music on the computer. And, oh, you know, wait, so who showed it to you? I was insane. I was so lucky. My, my, when I got into high school, mm -hmm. uh, there was this elective where they sat kids down with MIDI keyboards and an old version of Logic. That's and so ahead of their time, yeah, isn't it? It was crazy. This is like 2007. Wow. Um, but it's nuts because this one class and there's one teacher who was just so dope. Um, he really he inspired so many of these kids in my world, homies and kids in different grades that I went to school with, yeah. he got all these kids into making electronic music. That's and crazy. Yeah, it was, it was yeah, insane. So lucky. But once again, yeah. things, are, uh, things have come full circle because a lot of the stuff that I've been exploring these days mm -hmm. is kind of fulfilling those uh, unfulfilled ambitions of like me being in eighth grade wanting to jam with all my friends. Yeah. Um, you know, playing in my first band, uh, like in this stage of my life. <laughs> it's so funny how things uh, come back yeah. around, yeah. Can you describe your first performance that you had, like with those bands? Yeah, 
Um, so it's really a silly story. Um, the first band I ever, ever played in uh, was right after I graduated. Um, I really wanted to learn what it was like to play in a band because mm -hmm. um, I, leading up to my, uh, the end of college, I started making music with a bunch of homies who played instruments mm -hmm. um, and they're all really good, like really intimidating and <laughs> I, I, I learned that there was a class at USC. This class was essentially, was essentially like Jack Black's School of Rock class. Oh my god. Um, for beginners. Yeah. And um, I, you know, was playing with kids who were also learning their instruments for the first time, mm -hmm. and I was trying to sing and play piano, and we, were, we would do covers of Beatles and the Rolling Stones, wow. and it was we were awful, but I loved it, and it was so much fun. Um, but to, to enroll in this class, <laughs> I ended up <laughs> having to... <laughs> Turn back my degree. What? <laughs> yeah, so I technically ungraduated um, and talked to I talked to a bunch of the teachers at USC and pretty much um, added a songwriting minor because I wanted to write songs yeah. and learn about it. And um, yes, yeah, was, was, I was so lucky that I was able to kind of do this weird path. Cause, yeah. Um, yeah, I, it really, uh, yeah, it really exposed me to stuff that um, I might not have been exposed to if I was just in my own bubble of oh, wow. house and techno. What um, did you learn from it? Um, just how fun, how fun yeah. it is to jam with other people, and uh, it really—it's <laughs> kind of kind of embarrassing a little bit, but really developed my taste for a lot of classic rock music that mm -hmm. I hadn't really given a chance. Yeah. Um, and so pretty inspiring in that way. But so I did that class for a semester. And then at the end of it, while I was doing this class, um, I was on my first big DJ tour, mm -hmm. um, having so much fun. And I was also finishing up this album uh, that I was working on with Josh Taylor and Benny Bridges. Mm -hmm. And so it was a really exciting time. I was doing so much, just grinding really hard. And when that semester and that tour ended, um, uh, I really wanted to focus on live music and really kind of take things up a notch with my own kind of journey. Um, uh, and so I started, I put together like my first real little band where mm -hmm. I had uh, Ben playing guitar and my friend Henry on drums and I was playing keys and singing. Um, and yeah, we had some like really silly covers that we started learning oh, wow. from Outkast to Sublime to <laughs> the Red Hot Chili Peppers to even threw in like a Snoop Dogg cover. <laughs> it was oh, embarrassing. That's so cool. But just like silly and just really, yeah. really fun. Um, but so that spring, um, I had another DJ tour and it really... Um, like it's it's crazy because I love DJing I still do mm -hmm. um, but it it was weird because it kind of it began to really get in the way of some of these other things that I really wanted to explore um, and right when that second big DJ tour ended um, it was right as this extra year of school ended for me 
Mm -hmm. And right at the end, I did, I'd wanted to be doing, you know, these kind of house party shows as a band just for fun throughout the, the whole semester. Um, but I really was only able to do one at the very end, once my tour ended. Um, and that show, we set up in a living room and we played our covers that we'd been working on and I was just screaming on the microphone oh and it all sounded awful and it was the most <laughs> incredible musical experience I'd ever have wow. as a performer. It was Damn. so much fun, you know, just, you know, sweaty, cramped living room, people hanging from the chandeliers, That's you know, like, crazy. like everyone jumping on couches. It was like, it, you know, <laughs> it was really just so magical. Mm -hmm. um, and that was right when that extra semester ended, and I was like, "Damn, I can't, <laughs> I can't do this anymore. I can't do, I can't play these, you know, little house parties just for fun. I'm like now old, <laughs> now too old. I'm now, you know." Um, and there were a bunch of other things that were going on at the same time uh, that made me realize. Um, that I needed to slow down on touring to really mm. explore all this yeah. live music stuff. Let's go back a bit. So how would you describe yourself like growing up in your teenage years? Um, that's funny. That's a funny question. I found music as... I feel like my teenage years I, I would have obsessions. When I was in like 6th and 7th grade, mm -hmm. I was really into playing Halo with my friends, yeah. um, and <laughs> I was so into it, um, we would even, <laughs> super nerdy, we would make videos of us playing, and sometimes it, there would be stories mm -hmm. <laughs> that we would tell, you know, oh my it, was God. Like, it was super, super dorky, but it was so much fun, um, and... So you're more of like a gamer dude back in high school? Kind of, but I, th I think the, the aspects of it that I, that I really got into was, uh, it was, it was dope because it was, Xbox Live had just come out kind of in a big way. Mm -hmm. um, and so it just felt like there was, uh, it was like, there, it was kind of a social thing amongst my other like nerdy gamer friends, I guess. <laughs> um, and then the whole aspect of like making videos and shit, like there was something so cool and creative about yeah. it. And I think, um, yeah, when I took this class that showed me about the, the keyboards and stuff, mm -hmm. it my like, my obsession really kind of transferred nicely into that. Yeah. Other than a class, what were your favorite subjects? A lot of school early on came mm -hmm. really easy to me. Mm -hmm. um, I was good at a lot of subjects and yeah. didn't have to study really hard. So I had really bad habits with mm -hmm. <laughs> my discipline and <laughs> my, <laughs> yeah, just ability to, mm -hmm. to study, do homework and stuff. Yeah. I just was, I was just kind of a slacker who would just like coast, mm -hmm. which early on was fine because school wasn't that hard in yeah. seventh grade. But by the time I got into high school, <laughs> I, I had, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was getting like s some C's, lots mm -hmm. of B, B minus B yeah. stuff, and my parents were like, "You're not gonna get into any colleges." They're oh. like, <laughs> "They're like, there's um, it's really funny, very yeah. defining moment um, when it was the beginning of my senior year. My parents said that I had to 
discontinue music. Yeah, didn't they like <laughs> take, like not allow you to bring it to college? Uh, so that it, the same, it was a reoccurring theme yeah. that happened later. But at the beginning of my senior year, um, my parents sat me down, told me that I had to discontinue DJing mm -hmm. and making music until I got into college. Yeah, and literally, literally the next night. I had just heard back from this contest yeah. that I'd entered um, uh, that was put on by DJ Mag. Mm -hmm. um, and at the time, the DJ Mag Top 100 was yeah. the most important thing ever back mm -hmm. in 2010. <laughs> um, and uh, I ended up winning the chance oh my to God. open uh, for the DJ Mag Top 100 release yeah. party. That's in, crazy. At the Ministry of Sound in the oh UK. Oh my God. And, uh, <laughs> Ironically, so I had lied about my age. You had to mm -hmm. be 18 or older to enter, and yeah. I was 17. This yeah. is like October, September, and mm -hmm. my birthday is in March. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> because of that, I wasn't allowed to go and do the show, oh, which God. is not a bad thing, because it literally would have been my first DJ gig, playing alongside like Dead Mouse and stuff. Yeah. Um, would have been so... <laughs> Uh, it would have been a disaster. Um, but more importantly, it was huge because my parents were like, as we were trying to set up the show yeah. and stuff, um, my parents were kind of convinced that I could continue. Yeah, that's <laughs> continue impressive. Doing music. Yeah, and what, yeah, and then the, what you just what you mentioned, um, the same thing happened again a year later as I was going to college. Um, my parents were like. You obviously can't have music stuff in your dorm room. You won't. But weren't You'll you studying something music related, or uh, what were you? I I applied to USC yeah. undecided. Oh okay. Um, <laughs> and then I actually tried to switch into the music industry yeah. program, but I didn't get in the first time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but beyond that, um, uh, yeah, my parents, my parents were telling me. You'll never leave your dorm room. You're never going to go to class. You're just going to be working on music the whole time. And they were mm -hmm. absolutely right. Um, <laughs> but that first week of school as I was moving in was when I heard back on my first uh, signed demo mm -hmm. to Claude Von Stroke's yeah. Dirty Bird label. Yeah. And that was like the biggest dream come true. Yeah. Like to get a SoundCloud message from Claude was yeah. like the most insane thing ever. And so yeah. That, that happened. <laughs> Weren't you like sending stuff to him like over time, like yes. a lot? Yeah, it was. It was really like second half of my senior of high school through the summer. Was, yeah, that's when I really. I mean, I guess it was pretty much right after. Even that whole year was just grinding on music because winning that contest it yeah. amounted to nothing for my career. Mm -hmm. But it, I, I really kind of got whipped into shape. Yeah. Um, because I realized, wow, with the internet, you can actually do stuff. And so, yeah, I was just focused on making music, trying to get better at DJing, DJing mm -hmm. as much as I could. Really kind of got into a nice swing of things, playing, you know, house parties in high school and stuff. Yeah. Um, got those chops um, sort of there versus having never played a show. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, so what, yeah. yeah, what careers or parents in that pushed you so academically my mom was was a lawyer for a little bit mm. she was doing environmental stuff yeah like no oil in Santa Monica and stuff and my yeah. dad was in a computer stuff oh yeah so that makes sense why they would push you <laughs> academically yeah did you have like a musician in your family or no <laughs> damn no. that's crazy um yeah it's it's funny 
Um, did they want you to go down like that route or what did they want for you? Well, I think there was a time where they were just kind of worried about me <laughs> when I was, I, you know, I just was kind of in high school, not doing great in school. Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing any sports. I was just kind of there. And, yeah. you know, I liked making music on the computer mm -hmm. and that was not a very impressive sounding thing. <laughs> um, yeah, this is before DJs were a thing, you know, EDM hadn't happened, Damn. so, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> my parents just didn't want me to, to be a bum, yeah. um, which is fair. So. Are they supportive now? Yeah, um, yeah, they're, I think those two moments were really defining, because, yeah. um, yeah, it, um, yeah, it just, for two reasons, one, it just, my parents kind of eased up and let me mm -hmm. uh, do music, yeah. you know, um, and, but I think even more importantly, those moments really uh, fueled a fire within mm -hmm. me to just try really hard. Yeah. Um, for instance, once that song that I got signed to Dirty Bird at the beginning of my freshman year, um, yeah, it, you know, I sent a bunch of stuff over the course of, you know, many months and had never heard back. Mm -hmm. When I heard, finally was in contact with Claude, um, I, and I had his email, I was, you know, I was, I adopted the mindset that I would, you know, try and finish a song as quickly as I could to just keep yeah. on, you know, try and get a second song out on Dirty Bird. Yeah. And so after that first release got signed, the next week I had made a new song, <laughs> sent it to him, he passed. Yeah. <laughs> week after that, new song. He passed. Damn. And it took me 10 months to get a second song on Dirty Bird. And I think... What uh, about over those songs he was passing on? Well, so I, there were two big things that I kind of learned from yeah. that 10 months of <laughs> me being a freshman, questioning whether or not I was ever going <laughs> to... Whether anything else was ever yeah. going to happen. Um, you know, I think a big part of it was... I had started to make music that I thought Claude would like, mm. um, you know, which sounds fine because I liked, yeah, I still like Dirty Bird, you know, it's, it's like, I was into that music, Yeah. I was inspired by it, but I think um, even having a box that, you, that was kind of at my own will, it still, for some reason, got in the way of me making the best music. I, I don't know. I, I think having freedom to explore is so important when you're doing music. Yeah. Um, and this is what it can look like to be in a box. You know, you come up with an idea that mm -hmm. is cool and you tell yourself, no, I can't do that. Yeah. Because that's not this. And so you scrap mm -hmm. it, you know, and I think... That sort of moment is really sad if you're, you know, making music. Cause, uh, yeah, and I mean, obviously, you know, some sometimes there's ideas you come up with that don't work. But just out of principle, having something cool and scrapping it just because it doesn't fit yeah. into a box, hmm. um, I think is that sucks. Yeah. Um, and for me, it took me a while to figure that out. And funny enough, when when I stopped doing that and just let things happen then things clicked and I feel like Damn. I put out a lot of songs on Dirty Bird that um, I 
really had no idea whether or not Claude would have liked them or not. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the second song that came out on Dirty Bird, um, it's a song called Femme Fatale, and there's like a big jazz sample in it and a disco sample, and then there's some big beats and stuff, but it's like, dude, this is, this is not Dirty Bird at all. But, yeah. uh, but I think it's cool. And yeah, it's so, you know, it's so crazy how that can work out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just so important to just be free. Um, mm -hmm. But I think um, another big thing was just putting in the time uh, helped me just get better. I think um, you don't need to be that technically advanced to make amazing music, but the better you are with the technical aspects, I think it allows, allows you to be more consistent. Um, because, yeah, um, the more comfortable you are with making things sound good, um, then, uh, yeah, you can, you can have a crazy idea and still execute it and make it work. Yeah. Whereas I think early on, um, uh, without that sort of technical craziness, um, it's easy to make a simple song sound really good. But if you have a complicated idea, it could be a lot harder to make it feel good. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I love a lot of really simple music. But um, yeah, I think uh, versatility kind yeah. of came with the uh, my grinding, and that versatility is something that I I really like. I hate the feeling of when I'm working on music and I'm like, oh, I already made this song. I hate oh, that. Oh yeah, hate that. I can see that. You know, being able to try new things and still learn how to make the mix work and all the technical boring stuff. How do you think you've grown as a person since when you started? Um, one of the big defining moments that I experienced was when I graduated. Yeah. Um, up to that point, you know, I was 18, 19, kind of getting my foot in the door, doing yeah. all this amazing music stuff. And at the time, you know, 2010, 2011, a, a lot of my favorite DJs were double my age, like 20 years older than me. Um, uh, and, you know, I'd watch interviews of DJs I really respected, and a lot of them would talk about how important it was to pay your dues. Yeah. And, uh, and, and just kind of a more, more sort of kind of old school mentality that I thought was so dope and I had so much respect for. Yeah. But so a lot of my mindset while I was in college was like, damn, I'm, I'm young, but in a way that's not necessarily dope. It's more like, I gotta really be on it, you know? Yeah. Like, I can't, I can't mess around. <laughs> you know? um, and I think I, you know, I always had fun with it, but when I finished school, I think uh, one thing that happened was my kind of dance music started getting more popular in the U.S. Mm. When I was a freshman, that was right as Levels came out and oh, right wow. as EDM was for yeah. the first time accepted into kind of mainstream culture. That's crazy, Because before yeah. that moment, because um, a lot of house and techno guys, you know, aren't a fan of EDM. Mm -hmm. um, before EDM arrived, any kind of dance music would get weird <laughs> reactions from my yeah. friends and stuff. Um, and when EDM happened, I didn't necessarily feel like, yes, everything is now amazing. Mm -hmm. My music was still like, 
boring and mm. you know friends would be like where's the drop dude <laughs> the <laughs> drop this is boring yeah um but right as i kind of in my senior year into having finished mm-hmm. was that was kind of when things really started to shift you know yeah. um towards you know you'd hear anything from disclosure to dirty bird stuff at frat parties which mm-hmm. was so crazy to me never thought that would have ever ever happened um, yeah and yeah so I think when I graduated um it just felt maybe maybe house and techno music starts to get a little younger because mm-hmm. yeah it, it, now that college kids are more into it and yeah. it just felt I finally felt like I was able to come out of my shell a little bit more mm. just have a little bit more fun yeah um, which is really so important if you're you know, doing doing something you like. Yeah. To, to really enjoy it and yeah. have fun with it. Last question. What do you want to be remembered for? I think for music. I uh, mm-hmm. I want to keep on getting better at making music. Yeah. Um, I feel... So I have a new album that's coming out next mm. week. Um, and this album is the first time I tried writing songs and singing oh wow and it was so vulnerable and scary at first (laughs) but ultimately so rewarding yeah and um I feel like I'm yeah because these are among my first songs that I've ever written Mm -hmm. uh and I feel like that's just such an early part of the journey um I'm excited to want to get better at singing, yeah. want to get better at writing songs, and I definitely want to get better at playing live as a band, because that all of these things take so much time to really mm-hmm. hone, um, they're like lifelong sort of endeavors, um, and I'm just starting. I just want to get better and keep on doing it. Yeah, um, thank you so much. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Dude, good questions. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Bye.